Welcome to the Maranatha Baptist Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this class from our Equip Ministry will be a blessing to you and will grow your love for Jesus Christ. We would encourage you to use it only as a supplement to your regular intake of God's Word in your local church. If you need help connecting with a local church, please reach out to us on our website, mbcgrimes.org. Uh, the class is called What You Fear You Follow, and for those of you who are typically in the Ezra Esther class, I'll give you a little bit of context to that. Um, it's uh, kind of the premise of the class is that our fears actually really do dictate the choices that we make. Uh, so the, the example I used at the beginning of our class was a, a trip to Colorado. We went hiking uh, in this, this kind of canyon uh, it had a lot of uh, foliage at the base and then just tons of great, you know, wall, rock wall climbing uh, venues. We started hiking down through there and uh, a couple coming out said, uh, watch out, there's a lot of rattlesnakes. Somebody's dog got bit. And they we're like, oh boy, that sounds interesting. And sure enough, you know, as we'd come down these paths, we'd see this coiled up rattlesnake, you know, up ahead. Sometimes we had just passed it, and then I was like, well, now what do I do? You know, do I keep going or do I get back? Anyway, so I think we saw a total of like seven rattlesnakes where we were hiking, but uh, nobody got bit, thankfully. But uh, it pretty quickly narrowed down where we went in that, you know, canyon area. It's like, oh, rattlesnake there. Okay, let's backtrack, find a different path, and go somewhere else. Why? Because we didn't want to get bit by the rattlesnake. So our, our fears, the things that we, um, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's terror. Other times it's respect, awe, reverence. You know, we think of it in those terms with the Lord, but it actually does dictate a lot of what we do in life. So the first half of the class, we looked at fear of man versus fear of God and how uh, valuing too highly what people think of us is a form of, of fear, form of worship. And that can end up dictating a lot of things in our lives in ways that it, that it shouldn't. And so we began talking about how we, we conquer fear of man by growing in our reverence, respect, awe for the Lord. And as we know and love Him uh, in, in greater ways, we're kind of able to conquer that fear of man. The other thing that happens is that fear of the Lord becomes a, actually a guide for us in life and helps us in making decisions and in following God's will. When He's the one we fear, uh, it protects us from letting other fears direct our path instead of God directing our path. Um, so the second half of the class, we've been thinking about God's will and how we, uh, how we follow God's will, um, that it's, it's not so much, you know, this trying to discern the instructions of a treasure map or, uh, you know, this kind of waiting for some magical feeling to come over me and then I know what God's will is. Or, or like in the book of Daniel, waiting for the writing on the wall. You know, this is not so much what following the will of God is as much as it is uh, living according to His Word. We could call that uh, wisdom. We could call that living in a way that pleases Him. Last week we talked about that, that we make it our aim to be faithful, to, to live in a way that pleases Him, just like our Savior Jesus did. And uh, it shouldn't surprise us then, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. 
right? So the wise life, the life that is guided by the Lord, that is living skillfully and in a way that's pleasing to God, is guided by the fear of the Lord and an awe and respect for Him. So that's a brief summary of the last 11 weeks. So there you go. The rest of you are like, well, why can't we just have done that instead of the last 11 weeks? But anyway, uh, I hope the study has been profitable to you. Tonight and next, nope, Tonight and two weeks from now, we, we're not meeting next Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving. So uh, no equip classes that night. But tonight and two weeks from now, we're talking about the tools that God has given us to follow his will, uh, to, to live the wise life. What tools do we have? So three tonight and three more in two weeks. Tonight we're looking at scripture, prayer, and counsel. And I don't think any one of these would be a surprise to you. Uh, these are maybe the first things that come to mind, or, or maybe I should say hopefully the first things that come to mind is you think about discerning God's will. We look to the Word of God, we want to pray about it, and then, and then get input from others. Next week we'll talk about the Magic 8-Ball. And No, I'm kidding. We're not... <laughs> Just making sure you're awake. All right. So uh, we're going to take each one of these. And uh, first, we're going to address some ways that we maybe misuse these things. um, And then think about how how we should lean on uh, these resources from the Lord to help us to follow His will. So let's begin with the Word of God. And uh, I'll just ask it this way. What's... Uh, what are some ideas you have of ways that God's Word is sometimes used poorly or wrongly in seeking God's will? What are some, what are some wrong ways to use the Scriptures in determining God's will? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, creating uh, you know, disagreements between Scripture and using one passage to disprove another passage or something. Okay, good. What else? Yeah, taking it out of context. Mm-hmm. Good. Not good. Or, yeah. <laughs> Any else? Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the ways it's misused is actually by not opening it up and reading it. Uh, we, we like quote what we think it says or, yeah, you know, there's that place where it says like, you know, kind of do this kind of thing. Right. And we don't actually go to it and realize, oh, that's actually not exactly what it says. <laughs> you know, sometimes in our heads, we have this imagination of what it says and actually opening it up and reading it. So yeah, great, great example. Or quoting things that aren't even scripture at all, right? Uh, what was the one I used in a sermon a couple weeks ago? God helps those who helps them help themselves, right? Yeah, it's stuff like that, that, you know, it's like, well, it's not actually in there. Um, so yeah, sometimes ancient proverbs sort of drift into the category of scripture, which is not, not right. So yeah, actually you hit uh, both of them pretty well. Here's wrong way number one, opening up to a random Bible verse and applying it directly to your situation. 
So the funny story goes like this, that somebody was looking for direction from God. What do I do next with my life? And they open up the Bible, you know, just kind of the, the old like, well, let's just see the roll of the dice. Let's see what God has for me, you know, and just flip it open like this. And it's Matthew 27, 5. And Judas went and hanged himself. Uh-oh. Well, that can't be right. Let's try somewhere else, you know. And so you just flop it open again, and it's the end of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Go and do thou likewise. And like, oh, no, this is not good, you know. So ripping Scripture out of context, uh, just taking random verses and applying them to me, you know, just some phrase uh, says, ah, here's the nugget that God has for me that applies to, you know, what I should do next. And it's, we're not actually understanding the scriptures as God intended them to be understood. So number two is sort of a step back from that. It's the broader category because actually there are tons of ways to take scripture out of context. Um, different ways that we can misinterpret. Uh, and yeah, we can sort of even use scripture to... Um, uh, you sort of wield it to get what we want, um, kind of manipulate Scripture, actually, to try to you know, fight for whatever it is that we want to do, rather than coming to Scripture the other way with a, with a heart that's just tender and empty and ready for the Lord to instruct me. Uh, sometimes we can go to Scripture and say, I just got to find a passage that, that proves that I can do this. You know, well, That's sort of the, the backwards way to come to Scripture, isn't it? Um, and believe it or not, if you come with that goal, uh, you probably, without realizing it, will be able to misinterpret some passage that you think now you know, supports your viewpoint because you were looking for it that way. Uh, but if you didn't have that ulterior motive, you might have interpreted it differently. So it is, it is important the way we approach Scripture and the way we're careful in quoting it and applying it. Um, author Greg Kukul from Stand to Reason Ministries says that uh, his, his quote goes like this. It's kind of catchy. Never read a Bible verse. Now you hear that at first and it's like, wait, what? What are you saying? But he says, never read a Bible verse. And the idea is, you know, don't just be satisfied with, with one verse because you really need the context to understand uh, who it's for and what it's talking about. Um, and so there are a lot of times we just latch on to a verse without, without any understanding of what it means from the context. All right, you get the basic ideas there. Let's talk through some right ways to use God's Word. Um, and there are four types of guidance that we receive from Scripture, and understanding the type of guidance helps us know how to respond to that guidance, right? So we're first of all going to have uh, commands, specific commands that come to us from Scripture. Oh, so these are things like love God, love your neighbor as yourself, love one another as I have loved you. Uh, those, are, those are somewhat broad commands, but they're also very specific. So we know that something hateful would not be pleasing to the Lord. And you've got others, right? The Ten Commandments are very specific commands. Do not lie, do not steal, do not covet, do not commit adultery, right? Those are very specific. And so we know God's will. Uh, so with specific commands, it, then how do we respond to the Scriptures there? Well, we obey them, right? And it, it's you know fairly straightforward, uh, at least logically speaking. We still 
sin, of course, but, um, but specific commands are pretty clear as far as their guidance. We know what we're supposed to do. Even there, we can misinterpret, right? So we need to remember who the instructions are for. Uh, so if you have read through the whole Bible and, and read through some of the, the longer prophets, Isaiah or Ezekiel, there are some really interesting things that God commanded Isaiah and Ezekiel to do. And I'm really thankful that when we come to commands uh, to Isaiah or Ezekiel, that they're not commands that also apply to you and me today, right? Uh, so there's, you know, for instance, one of them had to lie on their side for a series of months. And another one had to, or as Jeremiah had to eat a scroll, right? And I mean, there's just... Uh, some really interesting things that God had the prophets do. And so you can't just, again, you can't just take a general command uh, and say, oh, I got to obey this too. Nope, doesn't work that way. And I'm really glad it doesn't. Uh, but who is this command for and is this for us today? Again, you get, you understand those things. Biblical principles. So here's where we take, um, we're beginning to shift more towards wisdom, where we understand general teachings of the Bible that give us discernment for specific scenarios. And so with biblical principles, we apply those principles to specific scenarios, and we use wisdom to help us discern uh, how to walk through those things. Um, so, for instance, an example here is the Apostle Paul says, not all, or, all things are lawful for, for me, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful, right? So there's a great principle. It's not a direct command. He's not saying, only do things that are helpful. But it's a helpful principle to remember, ah, so in life we shouldn't be looking for, you know, always riding the line of what's legal and what's not legal, but rather moving towards things that are helpful. That's a really beneficial principle in life. Um, So that's just an example uh, of biblical principles, and we apply those to different scenarios in life. Number three, biblical goals and motives. Biblical goals and motives. Now, some of these fall into the category of uh, the, the specific commands of Scripture, but they just affect our hearts. So, uh, you know, you shall have no other gods before me, or you shall not covet. Uh, even the commands to love, for instance, those all address the heart, which is beneficial because, again, it's not so much about doing this thing or not doing this thing, but why am I doing this thing or not doing this thing? And am I doing it because I love God or because I love this person? Um, is my heart in the right place? Is my goal, is my motive in the right place? Uh, and this is really beneficial when, when seeking to make decisions in life because, you know, we're not just, we're not merely looking at a pros and cons list, um, but we're searching our hearts as well. Where are my desires in this? Uh, what are the reasons I'm going after this? And that's where some, we'll get to this in, in the council section, but you know, some friends who know us well uh, may sometimes have a clearer view of where our hearts are at in those scenarios too. And then finally, wisdom. Uh, These are just practical principles of life 
Uh, so we can think of Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. That's a wisdom principle. And the idea is that uh, we will benefit in our lives uh, by walking on the path of righteousness, and we do that by meditating constantly on the Word of God, right? That's a wisdom thing. And so that taking in of Scripture and letting that shape us. One of the key concepts that we talked about last week was that when you look at the commands of Scripture, they're really focused on uh, the inner person, right? They're not so much about, the example we used last week is not so much about which peanut butter uh, brand to buy or what color shirt to wear. This is not where God's commands dwell. God's commands are about actually uh, making us or conforming us into the image of His Son, Jesus. So it's interesting, God guides us actually by making us more like Jesus, so the way we view the world, the way our, our desires and our motives and the things we want, the more and more and more we look like Jesus, the more we'll walk in a way that pleases the Father, which is the, the aim of the whole thing. Uh, and so, again, this is where the idea of wisdom is really helpful. Uh, who lived the perfectly wise life? It was Jesus, wasn't it? Uh, and so the more we take in His Word, the more it infiltrates our, our thinking and our desires and all of the above, uh, the, the more we will think like Jesus. And as those choices come up, uh, you know, it's not always going to clarify the red shirt or the blue shirt, uh, but it will clarify like, oh, maybe I shouldn't care so much about shirts, <laughs> Right. Uh, as we become more like Jesus, it, it does give clarity to the choices, the pathway, the decisions of life uh, in those wisdom principles. So it is a Wednesday night, and so right now our kids are in the back, and uh, I don't know quite what their schedule is, they're quoting verses right now, but part of what they do is memorize Scripture. And uh, we've actually designed our Bible memory program here at the church uh, so that everybody in the church can do it. It's not just for the kids. Uh, now, we don't have cool things to give you when you memorize your verses, um, stickers, or actually the kids get, it's really fun, they get bouncy balls, and their class adds up the bouncy balls, and once they get a certain amount as a class, the whole class gets a party together. Uh, so it's a fun way to not, you know, have any one kid patting himself on the back too much, like, look how much I did, look at all my awards, you know. Uh, but then as a class, they rejoice in how God's word has, has been a blessing to them. But I just want to encourage you, uh, uh, maybe you've gotten away from the habit of memorizing scripture. It's actually not just a thing for kids. Uh, it's a really great thing for adults to do as well. Uh, and if you'd like to do more with that, um, we have a number of resources available to help with scripture memory. So every week we send out a video that walks through the memory verse for that week so you can understand it in its context. And uh, the little details that go along with that actually help to memorize things. Uh, and so those videos are available. Uh, not only that, there's also an app that has the memory verse for the week. And then it has, uh, I think, five or six different quiz formats that you can do, kind of like little games you can play to help you memorize that verse. 
Uh, and so if you're interested in uh, developing your scripture memory skills and uh, arsenal, then let me know, and I would love to help you with that. But that is so, so key in walking in wisdom and having help to make the decisions of life. So I just wanted to put that plug in for Scripture memory. All right, prayer. Prayer is the next one. What are some ways we misuse prayer? Any ideas? Maybe we don't. That's great. Yeah, Jim. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> right then, isn't that good? Yeah, that's a blessing. Yep, that's true. Yeah, it's easy to say, I'll pray for you. And it's uh, also easy to forget to do it. Yep, good. Not good, but good example. Yeah, uh, somebody else, uh, was it Joan? Yeah. Wrong motives. Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, well, well, just like James 4, right? You ask, but you ask amiss that you'd spend it on your own pleasures, right? It's just it's kind of selfish praying. Is that sort of what you're thinking of? Yeah. Other ideas. Yeah, Jennifer. Sometimes, like, still doesn't, like, God, it doesn't Yes, yes. God, if you want me to do this, then make the sunset, you know, purple tomorrow or something like that. I don't know, whatever. I've never thought of anything like that before. It was just, <clears throat> but... Yeah, Andrea. Yeah, there we go. That's a way to misuse prayer is to not pray. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Well said. Yeah. Imprecatory prayers. Yeah. Yes. So a little reference to uh, David's prayers against his enemies in the Psalms, right? Um, God, I pray that you would crush them, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we need to check our motives sometimes, right? Good. Others? Yeah, Kurt? Praying like the Pharisees. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how's that one go? Father, I thank you that I'm not like these other sinners. I fast three times a week, and I give alms faithfully and all these things. Oh, to pray like the tax collector in the corner saying, Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Yeah, yeah. Others? Good, good examples. So I think you actually got more than, uh, than we have in the notes here. Uh, one would be asking God to do something he forbids. So that one's maybe too obvious, I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, that kind of falls under Isaac's idea of the imprecatory prayers or whatever. But um, praying things that God has clearly said are not good. Um, so one example in the notes here is asking God to... Uh, make a dating relationship with a non-Christian successful, right? So that would be praying for something that is not pleasing to the Lord. Uh, asking for a sign, that one was mentioned. Uh, this is the, uh, the wet fleece method. You go back to Gideon. Um, so we put out all of these like testy things for the Lord and how we want him to show us that, ah, this must be the right thing. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. This is kind of the, the mystery view of God's will, that it's like this uh, escape room or word puzzle, you know, this, this sort of thing that we've got to try to solve. And we're looking for clues all the time as to what God's will is. But it's, it's not that way, right? 
Uh, He's told us in His Word how to live. And as we become conformed to the image of Christ and we apply the principles and wisdom of Scripture, God will make the path clear for us. Uh, So those are a couple ideas. And actually, you mentioned more. They're really great. Hopefully you had a chance to jot some of those down. So let's think about how we should pray. And let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And here we have Jesus basically answering our question, how should we pray? And Jesus says, well, in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So in this prayer, we have uh, so many riches we could mine out of this. We could probably spend the rest of the time uh, walking through this. We won't be able to do that because we need to move on to the third tool of counsel. Uh, So we will walk rather quickly through some ideas we can glean from Jesus' instructions here. How do we pray as we seek God's will? Well, we begin by understanding we reference God as Father, reference Him as Father, whose name is Holy. There's two amazing concepts just combined there. This is pretty mind-blowing. Uh, Jesus says, Father in heaven, right? So to be able to call him Father is just incredible. And that reminds us that he, he cares for us. We're coming to one who is involved in our lives. In the Luke uh, passage, this, the Lord's Prayer comes in connection to the verse that, that we remember. You know, if a, if a son asks his father for bread, will he give him a stone, Right? And then he says, if you, earthly fathers, being evil, being sinful, can give good gifts to your sons, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? So uh, when we call on him as, as Father, it's a reminder that he desires to be good to us and to help us, which is just a great reminder. But at the same time, Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, holy, set apart, and high. We have, we have the, the right, being called, having, having faith in Christ, being called sons of God, not only to call Him Father, but we're calling the Holy One Father. That's just an amazing combination of truths right there and a great starting place as we open in prayer. Uh, we're bowing before this One who, who is both holy and just and so far above us, and yet we call Him Father. He desires to do good for us. Really, really helpful. Secondly, we submit to God as Lord and King. So in this verse, Jesus references the kingdom right there in verse 10. Your kingdom come. And uh, still to this day, we look forward to the day when God's kingdom, ruled by Christ, will be established on the earth. It's not here yet, but it's right for us to pray 
uh, for it to come. It's right for us, you know, when, when you pray for God's kingdom to come, you're also praying the second half of that verse. Your will be done. We bow before this one. Uh, the Lord Jesus, right? We, we say that often. What's, well, what's Lord mean? He's our master. And the Apostle Paul spoke frequently of the fact that he was the slave of Christ. Uh, and so there's this sense in prayer that we are just bowing low before the king of the universe and the one whom we call Lord. Uh, and we can come with requests. Yes, he's told us to. He's told us to come boldly with our, with our need for help. But there's also the fact that our hearts should be bowed low before him. Your will be done. You're the king. You're the Lord. Uh, not me. And so I, I had this idea, <laughs> but, you know, you, you're the one who rules. And so whatever you have, Lord, is what I want. Uh, and that's helpful as we come to him in prayer. We also recognize our daily dependence upon God. And this dependence is then expressed in, in three ways in verse 11, 12, and 13. First of all, our daily bread, our sustenance, uh, you know, and the reality is uh, you may not sense this regarding food, right? Maybe you have enough you know, money in your bank account. You feel like, well, I don't really need God for food. I mean, I can just go buy, buy a burger at Culver's or whatever. Well, okay, um, let's just talk about our breathing then. How about that? <laughs> You know, we're just utterly dependent upon the Lord. And at a moment's notice, uh, you know, my heart could stop. My lungs quit working. I don't breathe another breath. That's just how fragile life is. And some of you know that even better than I do. Uh, It was a a healthy thing to walk with that, uh, walk through that with Carrie, who all of a sudden had, uh, you know, pneumonia that we didn't know what direction it was going to go, right? And whether she would continue breathing at points. Um, God is the one who sustains us. Give us our daily bread. We are dependent upon Him. Not just for life and health, but number two, forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins. Forgive us our debts. And it's sort of assumed that because we have a forgiving God, it's kind of this side note, as we forgive our debtors, I mean, of course, (laughs) we're going to be forgiving other people because our Father has forgiven us, and that's, that's, as we've talked about many times, that's the pathway of forgiveness, right? He's forgiven me, so I can forgive you. Um, and so we, we, we depend on Him for forgiveness. And then finally, protection from temptation. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliverance. We, we are so dependent upon the Lord. And it's a great thing to express in prayer. One of the great pitfalls of decision-making and, and discerning what we want to do is sometimes we do so much thinking and weighing of pros and cons. We sort of reach a point of pride um, where it's like, I've thought a lot about this, and I'm pretty sure I know what, what God's will is. I've had many conversations with people who have um, sort of been asking for counsel um, but they come to me, you know, they're already pretty sure they know what God's will is, you know, 
And so they'll come in and say, yeah, I've been thinking and praying about this a lot. And I'm pretty sure this is what the Lord wants. But I just wanted to run it by you, see if you had any issues or qualms with it. You know, they're just kind of looking for that stamp of approval. And I start to raise some questions. Well, have you thought about this? Have you checked your heart in this area? And it's going to yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure this is what God wants. Anyway, thanks. See you later. All right. <laughs> uh, the Lord's Prayer, though, reminds us that all through the decision-making process, uh, we, we keep that humility. Who cares how much I've thought about it? Uh, God is the King of the universe. He's the Lord of my life, and I know nothing compared to Him. And so we bow before him and say, Lord, I, I still have no idea what you want. I, I've thought, I've prayed, and this seems like the right step. But even as I prepare to make that decision, you just redirect my steps if you want to. And help me to be ready to shift and flex with whatever you have. Um, and prayer is a great help in that way. All right, let's move on to counsel. Actually, let me pause. Any questions? With the two categories we've covered so far, questions or comments, scripture and prayer. All right, good deal. Using counsel. Let's start with our same question. What are some bad ways to seek counsel? Any thoughts? Yes, seeking out the yes man is what, uh, is what she said. And yes, the person we know is going to be on board with this. So it's like, hmm, who could I ask that's going to like my idea, right? Um, you know, this is like we get all the way back to our childhoods, you know, and you knew which questions to ask mom and which questions to ask dad, right? Yeah, same idea. What else? Yeah. Seeking counsel only from peers, right? Only those who have just a very similar view of things as me and not somebody who's going to bring an outside perspective in. Good. What else? Yes. (laughs) Seeking counsel from a witch. And uh, we could probably list off some uh, categories of people we should not be seeking counsel from. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> See, King Saul, is that the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that would be our example there, our bad example. All right, so just a couple ideas for you here. First of all, selective counsel seeking. We only talk to people who we think will see things the way we do. We, this is sort of where we view seeking counsel as just a box to check off, you know? So somebody's like, hey, you really should get counsel about this decision. Okay, how many people do you think I need to talk to? Uh, three people. Okay, okay, okay. So we're, what are the three people that are going to just talk? I can talk to them quick. They're going to agree with me, and I can check that out. You know, no, that's, that's not the point of seeking counsel. The point of seeking counsel is to make sure, hey, am I walking in a way that aligns with the way Jesus lived? Is this a decision? Is this a pathway that's going to be pleasing to the Father? And how can these outside voices help me see what I'm not seeing, right? So uh, just selective counsel seeking is not going to be helpful. Surrounding ourselves, like Ashley said, with the 
the yes men, the people who just say yes to our ideas. Number two, placing too much faith in counsel. Uh, this kind of comes back to fear of man. Uh, there can be certain individuals that we like over over respect, maybe is the way to put it. And so, you know, we we take one word they say or something uh, in a sermon, right? Uh, and you know, we just oh, he pastor said this. And so I'm, now I'm doing this, but, but they haven't really got counsel. They just kind of ran with something. It's kind of like taking Scripture out of context. Um, the example in the notes here does have to do with, with pastors. And so a person might, you know, on the way out the door on a Sunday morning, stop by one of the pastors and say, hey, hey, I'm thinking of doing this this week, pastor. What do you think? You know, and it ends up being just this like 30-second conversation. And, and so me or whoever it is, you know, just kind of like, ah, well, I mean, I don't know. It sounds, you know, this, maybe think about this, maybe think about this. And, you know, how can you in 30 seconds, you know, try to try to give good counsel, but then the person might, you know, run off and think, all right, I got the thumbs up to go ahead and do it. But oftentimes, uh, somebody who knows the person can sit down for a longer period of time and talk about it. Maybe they don't have the title of pastor, but that's not a problem, but can actually give, you know, ask good questions and and dig into the situation. It's going to give much better counsel than just 30 seconds from somebody with a title. Uh, So, yeah, sometimes we can place too much faith in certain individuals. Um, Let's think about good ways to seek counsel. First of all, seek wise counselors. So there would... King Saul's uh, example from Jim over there. Uh, <laughs> are we seeking counsel from people who are, are wise? You've got uh, four bullet points from some Proverbs there. Uh, and the, the wisdom listed there. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Wisdom is just easily instructed. If you're a wise person, you're, you're ready to be taught. You're, you're always listening. Uh, if you think you're right, that's the fool. <laughs> so the humility to just keep, uh, keep listening to advice. Pride breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed uh, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will be wise. So we want to seek wise counselors. And uh, there are a few categories we can include here. First of all, a person who is godly and wise. And as we've been talking about, what is the perfect wise life? It's the life of Jesus. And again and again and again, Jesus is talking about how he's living in a way to please the Father. And so look for people in whom you see Jesus being formed, right? Um, who, who do you see? Uh, godliness and, and w- just a wise life. You see, man, they just, in so many ways, they remind me of the Lord Jesus Christ and the way they live their life. That's the kind of person you want to seek counsel from. Uh, somebody who is, is living that way. Someone who knows the scriptures well. Again, you don't have blanks for these. They're in your notes there. Someone who knows the Scripture well, who, who can take you to a passage of Scripture to help 
uh, as you think through your decision. Someone who knows you, right? Uh, This may seem obvious, but um, there's a lot of value in seeking counsel from somebody who has uh, who, who knows your spiritual life, maybe somebody who's discipled you or somebody in your small group or somebody you've gotten close to in the church here who, who knows you well. Uh, and I don't just mean they know that you like golf and they know that you like Dorito chips or whatever, but they know you spiritually, right? So they know the, the sins that beset you. They know where your struggles are. They know where your strengths are. Um, you know, I, I think of it in terms of friends that I, I could never lie to. I mean, they just would, they would know in an instant, you know, because they know me that well. Um, and th- these are the kind of people you want to have as, as counselors that can see right through you, you know, and you sit down over coffee together. Before you say a word, they say, hey, you seem down. What's going on? You know, uh, the people that know you well. Someone who knows your situation. Uh, so this one's tricky because sometimes those close friends, you know, are at a distance and so they don't have their hands on the situation as well. And again, you're not necessarily looking for one person that meets all of these criteria, um, but uh, it's helpful to have somebody who knows your situation, that you've, you've shared the full story with. They, they get it. They understand what you're going through because uh, they'll have insights as well. Know your advisors first. So again, this is a, a great place to be, um, kind of the way we could talk about it, is, is building a team of people that you're investing in and they're investing in you, so that as those decisions come up, you already have a network of people you're connected with. Um, and that can be a variety of things. I mean, um, that can come out of, church is, church is the best place, right? Where you, as you connect with people, as you share life with one another, uh, whether that's early morning Bible studies or small group meetings where you're praying for one another or one-on-one discipleship where you're getting getting into a coffee shop together to just open the word and talk and pray. Uh, But as those things are happening regularly, then when the issues come up, you've got people around you who know you who can be a help in those decisions. Be completely honest. Uh, Sometimes when we seek counsel, uh, actually this this tends to be really revealing if you're sharing a situation with somebody seeking their counsel and you find yourself uh, sort of holding back a little bit of information or skewing the data a little bit towards this side, that's a really great revealer of where your heart's at. It's like, oh, I'm not actually settled where the Lord can do what he wants here. I'm clearly biased to this one over here. And so that's why I'm presenting the information this way. So watch out for that. But yeah, you just want to be honest. And uh, it's a little scary to ask for counsel for somebody because you're, you're setting it all out there. And, you know, it's not that you have to do what they tell you to do, but uh, it can be a little scary to do that. Uh, what if they tell me to do the thing I don't want to do, right? <laughs> what if their counsel is different than what I've been thinking? Um, but, uh, but getting it all out there is, is good. Talk things out. Um, this is for not for everybody. Some people are internal processors. Some people are external processors and need to, they, they figure things out as they talk. That's not a bad thing. It's just the way some people's minds work. I'm the opposite. So uh, when I start thinking about something, Carrie will be like, hey, where'd you go? 
<laughs> I'll just be sitting there staring off into space because, you know, the wheels are turning up here, and uh, everybody's a little different in how they process things. But uh, make it, some of you, it's easy to, to share with somebody what's going on. For me, for instance, I have to work at sharing what's going on up here um, because that's just not natural to me. And so to get counsel requires more effort than for some people because I have to try to somehow get what's up here out so this person can help me think it through as well. And then finally, get your counselors talking. Oh my goodness, this one, this one really made me smile uh, because many times I, uh, in my previous job and then, and then here, you know, somebody wants to get together and so, hey, I got, I got something coming up. I got a big decision. I was wondering if, if you could give me some advice. And so we get coffee or we get lunch or whatever it is, and they talk the entire time, which is great, right? I'm listening and I'm, I'm with them. And so I've been, I've been thinking, I've been mulling it over as they're, as they're ready. And, and, and at the end, I'm just kind of like, okay, I think I got some ideas to share with them. And it ends with them saying something like, well, this has been great. Thank you so much. Uh, I got to get, I got to run, but um, we'll see you later. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I'm glad I could help. You know, it was like, I didn't say a word, you know, the whole time. And uh, I was like, I'm not sure what counsel they thought I gave, but um, it actually happens a lot. And uh, people sometimes just, just needed to talk it out, but they actually didn't give it an opportunity for their counselor uh, to give input. Uh, and so it's important to not only share what you're thinking, what you're going through, but then also to be ready to listen, to be ready to listen. All right, so uh, those are just some, some practical tips. God's good goal for us is to become like Jesus. And so, like Jesus, we make it our aim to please Him. And this is, this is the pathway of the Christian life. This is wise living and our, our guide as we seek to make decisions in life. And as we walk that path, God has given us helpful tools to keep us on track. Scripture, prayer, and counsel, and we will look at three more next week. With Scripture, we want to be sure we're interpreting it accurately, carefully, uh, that we're meditating, that it's giving us wisdom, conforming us to the image of Christ on a daily basis. Uh, You know, so we're not just, oh, a decision came up, I better start studying Scripture. With prayer, we need to make sure, again, that we're doing it regularly, bowing before the Lord. It's an act of submission, not trying to wield God's power to our own ends, uh, but rather depending upon Him. And then finally, with counsel, making sure that we are seeking wise counsel, those who will help us uh, walk and follow after Jesus Christ. And, uh, uh, yeah, being humble and tenderhearted to the counsel that we receive. God uh, uses those things to help us uh, along the way. Next week, we're going to look at what we do with circumstances, feelings, and uh, applying biblical wisdom uh, as some more tools and uh, think through how they, how they fit in the process of following God's will. All right, let me close in prayer and then we'll uh, divide into groups. Father, we do thank you for being our Father, that uh, because of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can call you Father. And, and so uh, we just bow before you tonight and recognize that we know 
nothing compared to you. And so I just pray for uh, everyone here tonight uh, in our various contexts as we walk this path. Um, Help us to trust you. Help us to rely on you. uh, Help us to be humble and submitted to you and your word. Um, Use us however you see fit and make it clear the next steps you have for us to take. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, enjoy praying together, and when you're done, you are dismissed. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit our website, mbcgrimes.org. May the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, and to God be the glory.